to the podcast where my guests and I talk about anything and everything from sports, relationships, politics, movies and TV shows, current events, and conspiracy theories. No topic is ever off limits and it's always uncensored. I'm Ben Borges and this is Man Chatter. Hey, what's going on people? Um, so I'm sitting here trying to figure out why all of a sudden me and my wife both got a stomach ache out of nowhere. I'm sitting here, haven't eaten anything for about three hours and I felt totally fine. My wife eats my cereal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, there is because you have your shitty tasteless Rice Krispies. You can have that, but you want to mess around and get my Raisin Bran Crunch. Listen, this isn't a pro or anti-cereal for either way, but she being my shit, and as she was eating it, my stomach started to hurt. Now, I don't know if we put somebody put some bad juju or some shit in that Raisin Bran Crunch. Don't don't give me the side eye from a, from a distance. Um, But yeah, it was fucking, I'm sitting here, all of a sudden my stomach started to hurt. I don't know, man. It was just, it was just fucking weird. So, that had nothing to do with the podcast. I just wanted to throw that on there. So, on this is, this this is this episode, I wanted to talk about the importance of a haircut. The importance of a good barber, the relationship of a man with his barber. Um, I've had in the last shit 20 years, I think, at least 15, I've had three different barbers. And the only reason why I would leave them it sounds like I'm breaking up with them. The only reason I would get different barbers is because I would move. So when I lived down in Homestead in Florida, I had one barber set my appointment. He knew every Friday at nine I'd be there because they'd open they'd open till late. Sometimes I'd go in on Saturday if I had to work or whatever. But I had him religiously every week, maybe ten days if things got crazy. So I've always been I've always got my haircut because my haircut grows my hair grows really really fast. So that's just kind of how it's been for me. So then when I got my job and I moved to uh, St. Pete. So this is the importance and this is why I take my haircut so seriously. Because I've had bad haircuts in my life. Specifically, the haircut that literally changed my hair. So I was, I want to say seven or eight. And I was... I was at my aunt's house and she decided that she was going to become a hairstylist. This is why I'm completely against hair cutteries, any kind of barber, any kind of shop that has vacuums on the, on the, on the razors, that, that whole establishment. If you have to go in there, this is no shade to them. People go there and love these haircuts. That's fine. But if you have to go there and get like a ticket, that might not be the place to get a haircut from a barber. That's where you get a style or you get a haircut, but you don't get a fade. You don't get a lineup. You don't get the essentials of a clean, decent haircut. <clears throat> so my aunt was like, oh, let's cut your hair. Cause I was over there playing with my cousins and my hair was kind of long. And she gave me the worst, the worst flat top ever. I had patches in my hair. I had one side that was a good quarter to quarter to an inch below the other side it was just a absolute mess it was terrible i can i still have the picture and i still remember it vividly about 10 days later was my birthday so i had to sit with that 
my hair almost my hair's growth was stunted. My hair didn't grow for a good ten days. It was just stuck in that frame of shitty. So I'm and there's pictures. I'm sitting there. I think I have like some white and like turquoise striped T-shirt with some turquoise shorts that my mom dressed me in. I I didn't have a say. I don't know. It was just a mess. Um, I don't remember what kind of shoes I was wearing. Um, or socks. But I'm gonna assume if my mom dressed me, it were socks that was just a little bit too high. They definitely weren't the no shows. They probably came a little bit below my knee. Um, and some payless shoes, man. We didn't grow up with much, so it it was just a mess. And from that moment on, it stunned me, and it stunned me to make sure that I never let a bad haircut happen again. Obviously. Um, had to wait till my cousin showed me the way. My older cousin showed me the way of a barber, but I just kind of let my hair go for a while, man. It was it was just a very traumatic experience for to, for a shitty haircut. So I'm so fast forward seven years later, I find a barber in Hialeah, I go to him for a while, then we end up moving. Find my boy Gus. Shout out to Gus, man. Actually. That guy's fucking amazing because he drove up when I was getting married. He drove to Broward County from Homestead, which is about an hour and a half to my hotel room to give me, my brother and my cousin all phase and lineup. And he wasn't going to accept any money. Obviously, I had to break him off and give him some money because that's 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 family, man. That's that's some real shit. Like, that's the kind of relationship you need to have with your barber. You know what I mean? Like a barber is just it's different. It becomes almost a friend. Account, barbers have these weird things where you talk to them about a bunch of shit, mostly sports. You know what I mean? You learn learn about their lives. Like I've had barbers tell me when they're going through a divorce and when they're splitting up with their baby mama and all that shit they're going through. Like for those thirty to forty five minutes or sometimes an hour, depending if the barber just wants to take his time because you're just chilling and vibing. You know things can things can go like that, man. You can really talk about some deep shit. It's crazy. I mean, if so, not everybody has that relationship with their barber, you know, but it's just been my experience. Um, but yeah, man, so that when I was nine, eight, nine years old, that forever changes my view of the importance of a haircut, man. And I know it might seem petty or or materialistic or vain, but it's just important, man. It's, it's your presence right now. Looking f- fast forward now to now from my job, that's being a rep i have to always look presentable and always have to be ready my hair can look crazy in a a minute man like it my hair is kind of all over the place and always got to make sure straight and clean i mean and i'm presentable but anyways so every time so so when i moved to st jumping back so when i moved to st pete i remembered because it was the first time i had to look for another barber in i don't know 10 years Cause when I was in Hawaii, my when I was stationed in Hawaii, my my uh my roommate would just line me up and trim a little bit off the top, and then trust him to fade, and then trust you know because I got a big ass head, it takes skill to to manage this shit. So I'm there, and I went to I did some online research. Um, I'm not gonna mention the company because whatever. There's some online research, and I went to maybe six different barber shops, and what I did for like six Saturdays in a row without a haircut. I would just sit in the shop and see who the better cut was because not just some people can't cut hair. Some people can't. Some people just get paid to cut hair. There's a difference. 
you know, to some people, it's a it's a lifestyle. It's all they know. It's what they take pride in. Those are the type of people that you get the best haircuts from because my wife always has this saying, and I give her credit for it, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it goes something like, the way people prepare your food, that they prepare it with love and affection and that they take pride in their job if you go out to a restaurant, it's just going to taste better, right? Like, if you have a waitress who's had a shitty day who might be on on crack, I don't give a fuck, I don't know, any example, your food just isn't going to taste the same because they're going to put that energy into your food. The same type of thing. Like, you ever think about some shit, right? You ever had your hair cut by a barber who was angry? Then he started, like, cutting into your head a little bit more, cutting you all aggressive, like, yo, man, yo, man chill. Hey, hey, man, that's my ear, bro. It's it's just different. You got to have somebody with the right kind of energy. So I went to all these different barber shops trying to find the right place. And eventually I found my spot. So one of the tips is never go to the guy in the first chair. Right? You never want to do that because that guy is usually an empty chair and he takes the walk-ins, which means he doesn't have appointments, which means he's not sought after, which means he's not the guy you want trying to give you a lineup because he might push your hairline back. And then you got that weird green patch across your forehead like it's about to, like your shit's going to gangrene. It's not... You don't want Jets gangrene on your fucking face if you're not a Jets fan. All right? That's just not something you want. So you scope them out. You know, it's it's kind of just figuring out exactly who you want, what look you want. So what I found in my years, in my 20 years of looking for a barber, is you always want to go either with the last guy or the guy right next to him. Because if, if there's somebody across, they're probably not going to be as good. Um... But it's it's a weird dynamic, right? If it's a guy directly across the last chair, he'll be good. So the last, basically, the last four chairs in a barbershop, if they're looking at each other, that's a good. Sh- those those are the good ones. The ones anywhere closer to the front, not so much. And if they move chairs, that can be a little iffy, man. That can be a little iffy. They might take a really long time with your haircut because they're constantly fixing it. It's just different shit. Wow, I did not know I could talk ten minutes straight. About trying to find the barber. That's kind of fucking crazy. So, I go to six different barber shops and I just kind of sit in there. Eventually, I had to go to one guy like every three weeks and just get a lineup, just just to you know clean the edges and make it look presentable. You know, because I'm still fucking working. Like I still have to see you know doctors and nurses and and patients, and they have to feel comfortable. You know, I can't go out there looking all fucking scraggly and shit. And I'm definitely certainly not gonna cut my hair and just use like a solid number. A solid number. A whole number across my fucking forehead, across my head. That's just not going to work. Because it would just look bad. So, eventually found my uh, my barber in St. Pete. My boy Vic. Shout out to him, man. He cut me for six years before I moved here when we bought our house. So, it was the same thing, man. Scoped him out. He cut my haircut a couple times. You know, I kind of did the walk-in thing because, you know, I didn't know him. Got his number after the first time. Hit them up and then just, you know, constant communication. I would set appointments, but my job being so um, all over the place, I would just hit them up like, yo, man, I'm going to be a little bit late. You'd always fuck with me and tell me, yo, man, you're running on Cuban time, which is true. You know, I can't. When it comes to this job, I do run late to a lot of places and a lot of things get uh, pushed aside as far as scheduling and appointments and shit like that. But, yeah, man, he so he cut my hair for six years. It got to the point where I would just sit in the... Unless I change something up, I just sit in the chair and he knew exactly what I needed to. I knew exactly what I needed to do. 
He line it up. All right, man. We talk a little bit, chop it up, chop it up, chop it up, and then I'd head home, man. And then you know we 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 hung out a couple of times. We became friends. You know we talk about a bunch of shit, talk about life. It was actually talking to him that uh, one of the reasons what spurred me to uh, start a podcast, man, is we would always talk about it. Eventually he's gonna come on the show. He's just you know conflicting schedules now, especially when being being as far away as I am. Because you know he would always work when I'd be off. Cause you know he's working fucking 10, 12 hours a day cutting hair, so just couldn't get it together. But now, I got my new barber Walt. So the way I found him is because I live in a small town. If you know me personally, you know where I'm at. If you don't, I'm not gonna tell you because that's fucking weird. But so on this one, I just Google search, man. So for two weeks, I just Google search because there's, there's not that many barbers. So the reason the reason why I picked my barber. Was I was reading his uh, his reviews, and some guy like snapped on him, right? Like some dude doesn't matter. Some dude kind of went off like, "Oh, I sat in there for over an hour, yada yada yada," and th- he didn't cut my hair. When I did finally sit in the chair, he didn't give me what I wanted. And when I was talking to him the whole time, he was taking calls. First of all, most of the time, especially now, that chair is their business. They're gonna be on the phone scheduling appointments, moving people around, talking to. Them. That doesn't mean that your haircut isn't is gonna be any worse. It's not. They know what they're doing. They're professionals. This is what they do. So you gotta be patient when you're in the chair. So I I went, I went. I made an appointment. The first time I went to the wrong place because the address told me the wrong thing. Whatever. Called him up. He's like, "No, nah, man, I'm over here." I went on over there because he, he has switched shops and Google hadn't updated it yet. So I went over there, got my hair cut. So we're sitting in the, in the chair. I don't know if it was the first time or the second time. Uh, he goes, yo, man, so how'd you find me, man? What'd you do, Google black barbers in Bushnell? Like, first of all, uh, that would be kind of weird for me to Google. And it's a very specific thing to Google. I don't know exactly how that would work. But I was like, nah, man, I looked at your pictures, man. And that's that's what set you apart. Like, you posted pictures of your haircuts. And it saw, I, I saw you know how to blend hair. And the different styles of hair that you cut, you cut, you know, you cut black people, you cut white, you cut some Hispanics. So you, you you know how to cut all different types of hair. So that was a good selling point, man. So I had to go run with you and, you know, had to give you an easy cut. So I always do the, the, same, the same cut for every new barber. So three in the last 15. The first one is I do a lineup. You know, I just like, man, and I don't tell them exactly how I want it. I just kind of let them do their thing. And that's that's what sold me. I was like, all right, man, so this is this is my new barber. And so that's just kind of how it's been, man. And one of those things that I realize now, because I'm going on 15 minutes talking about a fucking haircut and the importance of it, is that I try to put instill that into my brother. So my brother's in the, in the active duty army, so it's different because he doesn't have barber shops. He probably has haircutteries where he has to go with some local person, where whatever country he's in, that has to cut it. It's going to be different, right? Like, I never had a good haircut in the military besides my, my roommate. You know, my boy from St. Louis, he, knew he cut hair before he got in, so he was able to fade, do, do blends and different stuff like that. You know, he just always gave me a solid, a, a whole number and just lined it up because I, you know, just, I didn't feel, I didn't feel 100 with it about him cutting my hair like that. So I just kind of always kept it low. Never bicked it though because I got a weird shaped head. I got like these weird like dents and shit from as a kid. So I never wanted uh, to shave it all the way off. But yeah, man, damn, that was... Didn't know how important a haircut was up until I did 15 minutes and a half on that. That's crazy. But yeah, man, my wife always gets on me. I got to get my haircut every week, man. I have to. 
If I wait any longer, I start looking, start looking crazy. And another reason why I do it on a, on a different level is because I know it sounds weird, but I'm I'm in a place that's surrounded by, let's say, older retired white people, right? Like, if you start looking scraggly, you start looking a little bit disheveled. People aren't going to be as comfortable. People just treat you differently, right? Like I've seen it because I've seen me. When I've let my beard go, people, you know, people take a second look like, hey, what is he? You know, and it's just to make them comfortable and to make myself feel comfortable. So I'm not in a position where shit might get weird. I know that might be thinking too much into it and maybe slightly paranoid. All those things are probably true. But my my the way I approach things, if, if this haircut lessens the variance, the yeah, I'm going to go with variance. That sounds like a good word. The variables is actually what I should have said. Um. That that makes me feel more comfortable. Like, okay, they're not looking at me because I don't have some. Maybe I got a booger on my nose or some shit. Then it's just something simple and it's not as intense. All right, man, we'll be back in a minute. We'll be back. I'm the only one here. I'll be back in a minute. Man, this is crazy. So as I'm recording this, my uh, my father-in-law just texted me that Cohen, Michael Cohen, uh, Trump directed me to commit felony. In a stunning development, Trump's ex-lawyer Michael Cohen says he broke campaign finance laws at the direction of Donald Trump, implicating implicating the sitting U.S. president in a felony. In a plea deal announced today, Cohen admitted that he was guilty of several crimes, including illegally arranging hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. If you don't know who those are, those are women that uh, Trump had sex with raw. First of all, those women are... that was a weird sound effect. Uh, that Trump had sex with while his wife was pregnant and either pregnant or ha- just had his his last child, who both allege had affairs with Trump. Prosecutors are holding a news conference now. What a fucking world we live in, bro! What in the world? Listen, that's I just mind blowing. And people were like, "Ah, I don't care what he did." Hey, bro. This shows bad judgment, man. Like, do you know? <sighs> Usa, not doing politics today. It's exhausting. I've done it the last couple of podcasts. It's not necessary, but that's fucking crazy. Real quick, just a question. If everybody around you is guilty, you're always the innocent one? That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm asking. Never I've never understood how that works. But anyways, scratching that off. So what was I going to talk about? Oh, yesterday were the VMAs. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see that. I'm sure not a lot of people did. I have VMAs haven't been that good in a very long time. VMAs used to be the shit. So the little bit I watched was the Nicki Minaj shit show. Didn't like it. First of all, her ass is the example of not investing in a good surgeon. And whoever her friends are clearly don't like her and are just there for the money because they should have told her she looked like shit. She was wearing some like Roman goddess type shit. I don't know what the fuck it was. She looked terrible. Her ass was. It looked like three meatballs were on toothpicks. So best way to describe it. Like if the if you put the toothpicks at an angle and then fold them in to make it look like legs. I know it's very descriptive. Make it look like legs. And you still have that middle meatball just being held on barely by the corner of those toothpicks. That's kind of what her ass looked like. It was not cool. Now listen, 
I'm a fan of big butts. Wife got one. Sorry, she does. Um, but it looked terrible. She just looked like shit. Then I go to sleep because I got to be up in the morning. And then my wife goes to bed ranting and raving about Madonna. Did you not hear what Madonna said about Aretha Franklin? Let's check it out right now. So full disclosure, I haven't heard it yet. I've only heard like excerpts and what my wife has told me. So let's listen to this. All right. I don't know if I'm going to play the whole thing because that's not really necessary. Let's see if this What the fuck? I left Detroit when I was 18. Madonna's from Detroit? $35 in my pocket. Nobody gives a fuck. My dream was to make it as a professional dancer. What does that have to do with anything? After years of struggling and being broke, what? I decided to go to auditions for musical theater. So this is her fucking bio? Let's just take a second. All she said about Aretha Franklin is her name. Everything else has been about her 33 seconds in. Her bio about auditions and shit like this. What the fuck? I don't know how much. Okay. I had no training or dreams of ever becoming a singer, but I'm for it. I, I just want to say, um, for the Madonna fans out there, this might not be the part. She's a terrible singer. She has a good sound, I guess, but 35 years ago, she was popping to me. She had that uh, that song in the church that I never remember the song, the name of. Um, it was that. Uh, okay, that's what it is. Okay. Cut and rejected from every audition. Not tall enough. Not blend in enough. Not twelve octave range enough. Not pretty enough. Not enough. Twelve octave range enough. What the fuck is she talking about? All right, that's. I didn't. Um. I didn't know she went that far into detail into into the dramatics. That's that's kind of fucking outrageous. What the fuck? All right. Um. Look, uh, Aretha Franklin. Her career spans six decades, man. The fact that you only tied it to yourself because of how it made you look has nothing to do with her. I'm not going to listen to the rest of the clip because I could, it just it boils my blood. Like, who the fuck? First of all, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to post it on my Instagram. She's dressed like Post Malone's great-great-grandmother. You know, like, just really terribly. She's wearing, like, a house dress. She has her hair in some twist and like a bandana. She's fifty uh, or sixty. She might be sixty now. Let's let's check how old Madonna is. That's right. This is going. This is going right through it. Madonna. How old is she? How old is Madonna? Uh, 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 uh. Anytime this wants to work would be great. Bam bam bam. Ah, oh, Madonna sixty. So she's dressed like 
great grandmother of Post Malone. Have some respect, man. Like, don't always Kanye it. You know, don't always make it about yourself. I guess Madonna was the original then because she's so much older. I don't know. It was just shitty, man. I I didn't like any part of it. Then Sean Mendes performed. Then it was off key. Then Logic tried to recreate his uh the one eight hundred performance when he talked about suicide. Cool moment having the the kids run to their parents being separated by a wall. You know I'm completely opposed to that type of dumb shit. And people are afraid of brown people. I get it, but I just I didn't like it. Uh, it was just bad. I mean, if I was to give the show of what I saw a rating. Like my boy Chris Stuckman, who does the the movie reviews, I'd give it a D minus. It was just bad. Like I like the little bit of shade that Cardi B threw at uh at Nicki, calling herself the Empress, because Nicki Minaj's album was called the Queen. Didn't like Nicki's performance. I thought it was weird. Uh, I thought she had only her fans. I mean, it, it makes sense because I mean she has fans, she has legions of fans, and I get that. But I just I didn't like it. I thought the album was okay. Um just wasn't necessary but that madonna shit was just weird man like my wife was upset about it and if my and my wife's a huge madonna fan wasn't a fan of it at all i just yeah sorry uh i'm just processing everything she said talking about either getting robbed at gunpoint and that's listen that's great if uh, not great that's terrible that those things happen to her but maybe talk about that when you get like a video of the you know what i mean like a video of the year award or they're honoring you for video vanguard some shit you know what i mean like icon you talk about that you talk about your bio that's totally fine nobody gives a fuck about you when you're supposed to be honoring somebody else that makes no sense at all what's a motherfucking ever it was just fucking weird i don't get that at all man i'm uh madonna's a fucking weirdo man I need Michael Strahan to call her out. Crazy eyes. Just all the Gap 2-3 family. Not not that you're actually related to her. Because obviously Michael Strahan and Uzo Aduba. Who plays Crazy Eyes. Is are, is are black. Are black. Not is black. Because they are black. But just they need to do something. Somebody needs to talk. Who else, who else has a Gap Tooth? Can't think of anybody else with a Gap Tooth. Most people get that fixed. Except for Uzo Aduba, shout out to her though. The reason why she has it is because that's actually from her uh, fam- uh, historical family tribe in somewhere in Africa. Don't want to mistake the country because that's disrespectful. A uh, tribe in Africa, and that's actually hereditary of that family. That's of that tribe. That's pretty amazing. So she's never going to change it in honor of her tribe. That's fucking great. That's just honoring your family history to a deeper level. That's pretty cool. All right, man. We're going to come back with. Uh, the body change of Brock Lesnar, it's it's definitely noticeable. Definitely noticeable. All right. Quick little break there. You guys won't know how long it was. Probably about 15, 20 minutes. Got something to drink. Came back. Ready. Um. So last week, spoiler alert, I'm a wrestling fan. You want to judge me? That's fine. I don't give a fuck. Been a wrestling fan most of my life. You should stay up late and be tired of shit on Tuesday mornings going to school. When Raw used to end at like eleven fifteen, because The Rock wouldn't come out till later, you'd have to hear that stone, that uh, the Stone Cold glass shatter at like eleven oh nine, and he just come through and stun people and leave, and the whole crowd would go fucking bananas. Um, 
So Brock Lesnar, obviously a freak of nature. Um, college athlete, college wrestler, multi-time national champion wrestler. Tried out for the NFL, made the last cut for the Vikings. Jared Allen punked him. Rumors, reports. Look, this is not a shot of Brock Lesnar. It's, you know what I mean? He's made an amazing career for himself, had, had an amazing amount of money. Um, one of the biggest stars in WWE history. Even think back when it was WWF, um, you had him, like I said, almost make the Vikings, which is insane. He never played professional football ever. Almost made the Vikings, made the last cut. Uh, Got to give say all that to, you know, because my boy Manny, who listens to the podcast, you know, got a preface. This is basically like the no no offense part of what I'm about to say. Um, has had a great career in WWE, barely wrestles, um, goes to the UFC, does his thing. But he stopped. Uh, he was the UFC heavyweight champion, got destroyed by uh, – he got destroyed by Cain Velasquez and Alistair Overeem the first time. Alistair Overeem, I don't know if you noticed, was on the juice. I'm not talking about orange juice. I'm talking about steroids, all of them, because his body changed drastically. Still a great fighter, still can beat the shit out of me in a split second. Not a shot at him, just it was a wild, wild west. It was the rules of what, it was cool. You could do it. Nobody was really overseeing it. Brock Lesnar. Same thing, even playing field because he was on the juice. But, man, now with the whole USADA change, I'm not going to say he looks like half the person because he's still probably 280, 290 pounds, maybe 300 easy. But his body just looked different. Like, his shoulders didn't look as filled out. And I'm going to post a picture on my Instagram on, on the man chatter. And his body just looks different, man. Like, it's no more, oh, I mean, he was always clearly on the juice because you don't have that level of traps to that le- and you you're not on the juice like bodybuilders are very likely on juice yes they work out and they have an insane diet and all that stuff but you could see the difference between that insane diet and working out and then when you don't ha- you don't have supplements you don't have uh GNC sp- uh sponsoring you or whatever the fuck air quotes on the GNC it's clearly not GNC cuz if that's what you can get at GNC I'd be at GNC right the motherfuck now. Okay? If I can have an entire sword massive across my stomach up to my neck, that big because your body's that huge, I would do it. All right? I'm not, this isn't a shot at him, but his body just looks different. He's getting ready to, because he's back in the USADA pool for the UFC, and he's getting ready to fight uh, Daniel Cormier, one of the greatest fighters of all time. It's crazy shit about Daniel Cormier. I used to not be a fan. Honestly, I just wasn't. I thought he was corny. I thought he was like Carl Winslow. Still kind of corny. But the, when you read more about him and you learn more about the fact that he only started professionally fighting at 30. And he's about to turn 40. And he's only lost to one person twice. And both those times, that fighter named John Jones popped hot for either steroids or cocaine or different amount of shit. That's insane, man. 30. Obviously, it's not like he just walked in like, hey, man, I, I think I want to give this UFC MMA shit a shot. No. He fucking was an Olympic wrestler, missed out on, on the Olympics, and was the Olympic alternate because of, I think, weight-cutting issues. Or some, some got injured. Some fucked up. Like, he should have been a, he could have easily been a gold medalist. The guy is amazing. He could throw me, like, I throw away paper towels in the trash. 
He can manhandle me because he manhandles professional fighters. So he's getting so Brock Lesnar's getting ready to fight him, and amazingly so because that week Daniel Cormier gets his biggest payday on his last fight and just rides off into the sunset and becomes a legendary Hall of Fame fighter. And honestly, a Hall of Fame commentator. The guy is great on the microphone, man. I hope he kind of does some stuff with WWE, gets some more paychecks, and does like uh, little pop-ins and, you know, just kind of shocks people and becomes an even bigger star because the guy just deserves it, man. He's just an all-around good fucking guy. And I want to take this moment on this podcast, if he ever listens to this shit, say, DC, man, I apologize for some stupid hate and anger in defense of John Jones that I had towards you, man. You're what every fighter should emulate, man. And the fact that you've been tested 13 times this year and never pissed hot and Brock Lesnar's only been tested once, honestly, I I care, but I don't because I want you to beat him at his most juiced and just be a fucking animal about it and just murk him, body slam him on his neck and choke him out and make him tap. I'm all DC all the way, man. And that's just that's just the way it is from now on, man. Against anybody you fight, including John Jones, I am officially on the fucking DC hype train. It's not the hype train because you're about to retire, but I'm officially on the on the bandwagon. I got the DC T-shirt, the DC hat, not Reebok though. Can't fuck with that. And it's I'll, like I'll make my own T-shirt that says DC. People think, oh, Washington, D.C., and then I got to explain to them, nah, man, Daniel Cormier, he's an MMA fighter. Let me tell you all about him. He's a legend. He's one of the greatest of all time. Take a seat. I'm going to tell you all about him. Listen, man, that's just what it is. Appreciate you guys taking the time. As always, man, you could be any in, anywhere in the world, but you're here with me listening to this podcast right now, and I appreciate it. And I want to take a second. I don't know if he's going to listen to all the way through. and say, Josh, to my brother, man, I'm proud of you. I know you struggled today on your promotion board, man, but you've done amazing things. You're one of the greatest people on the planet. I'm not trying to end this shit emotional. You're my brother, and I love you, and I got your back, man. I got your six forever, and I know the next time you're going to crush it, man. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Man Chatter Podcast with your host as always, Ben Borges. Till next time, peace.